Newsbreak podcast. Okay, well, 16th November has come and gone, but the legacy still stands, doesn't it? A very warm welcome to the program on this Sunday. I'm Tadej Haripashad, bringing you another edition of Newsbreak Talk. And like I said to you, for the month of November, we're dedicating every Sunday on Newsbreak Talk um, to the legacy of the 1860 people, 160 years just celebrated. Uh, impromptu to this, and I'm going to put her on the spot, Rachel Vardy. <laughs> <laughs> scrounging around to take off a mask now. Yes, yes. Um, good morning, Therese. Good morning. I mean, Monday was particularly spectacular. And I know you were deeply moved. I was. It was such a beautiful ceremony. Um, I had not gone down to the beach for the um, for the prayer in, earlier in the morning. But Salma Patel and I had gone through to the 1860 Heritage Centre where we listened in on some really great minds finding or explaining where our place is in society today. And it was really exciting to hear KZN Premier Sishir Zikalala speak so fondly and with so much of um, knowledge. knowledge So tell us about some of the things he said. Well, look, what really stood out for me was when he said, um, people... Of South Africa, South Africans of Indian origins, people that are descendants of the 1860 settlers, one of the things that they find themselves um, happening a lot is being told, and we've seen it happen this week in the media, where people are saying to them, go back to India. And the Premier was very adamant when he says, these are South Africans. They have nowhere else to go. South Africa is their home. So that was really powerful for me when he made that message, when he said that. That has been a major narrative during the rounds and we'll come to that just now. But I think, um, you know, what happens on the 16th is a very, very uh, sentimental thing. Uh, and it really touches the cord and the heart of, of, of many South Africans. Um, help me understand that dynamic. You know, how did that play out? 160 years, it's a big one. So I think it reminds people of where we've come from. And it uh, puts into perspective the hard work, the dedication, the sacrifices that our forefathers had to endure, the uh, slavery, if you will, that they had to endure to get us to where we are today. There was an interesting saying posted by one of my friends, Sarisha, on Facebook that says, uh, "It for a woman to be where she is today, it took decisions of seven generations of women. The decisions they made in their lives helped her be where she is today. So that actually made us made me think. Four generations ago, my grandparents made a decision, and that's what made me where I am today. So it really impacts you. 16th November makes you realize how your life changed, even though it was 160 years ago. Your life changed on that day at 4 p.m. One journey, hey, one journey from India has created an entire unique, plethora, diasporic type of people. I mean, there's so many ways to dissect it and we've been doing so on Newsbreak for the entire month. But, you know, imagine Durban curry is a different genre of food of in the culinary world compared to Indian curry. And, you know, it's not just Durban curry, it's our samosas, our bunny chows, etc. And it's, it's, just, it's just one thing. But what, the point I make there is that if you look at the way South Africa has taken Indian heritage and made it their own I to mean, the point that it's a separate genre now compared to Indian absolutely. heritage. I mean, it's, look yeah. at the burovos. You get the curried burovos. I mean, for me, that's the epitome. Taking a sausage that's known, yeah. uh, that's created by the Afrikaner folks and putting curry into it, that was absolutely brilliant. And taking it further is those South Africans from South Africa of Indian origins who have now gone to other countries, taking all of our culture and cuisine and religious practices with them. Yeah. Often we have Nanda from Australia and New Zealand that are that are messaging messaging us from um, Canada and Ottawa in Canada, not Ottawa in Vietnam. I mean, it's absolutely brilliant that yeah. people can do that. Absolutely amazing. But what I always like to focus on specifically here on Newsbreak Talk is what does it mean for you today? And that's what today's conversation on the program is about. Check it out. 160 years later, how at home do you feel? 
1860 commemorations continue on Newsbreak Talk, we turn our attention to intolerance. Whether it's Diwali or an incense stick, how much of your Indian heritage is respected in South Africa? Newsbreak Talk this Sunday at 12 noon. Give your views a voice. And so that's the question I'm asking here today. Um, how respected is your Indian heritage within the context of South Africa? While Rachel and I started the conversation talking about how uniquely South African the Indian lineage has become, but we still have issues of intolerance. We still have issues where Indian origin people tell us that they are often told, go back to India. Um, I was recently tagged um, by a, a dear colleague of mine uh, in the dance industry, um, Shika Mohanlal, who showed me a picture of, um, you know, a group of Indian people being told, go back to India. But isn't this your home? So India is not your home. So that's the sort of narrative and the backdrop we find ourselves in. And, and, and I'll pin it on this as well um, with the amount of Diwali complaints that have come through. According to various organizations that I've spoken to, it's been an unprecedented year of complaints. According to the Hindu, um, South African Hindu Dharma Sabha, they've lodged about, I think it's 10 um, complaints with the South African Human Rights Commission against religious intolerance and hate speech against Hindus for Diwali, or the observance of Diwali. Um, just recently, everybody was up in arms with a lot of smoke covering over the issue, if you'll excuse the pun, where um, a particular... Um, property development um, had an issue or issued a notice about being mindful of the way you use incense sticks, for example, and that then uh, seemed to be an attack on the religious and cultural practices of Indian origin people. So my question to you is, 160 years later, how respected are you, your culture, your traditions, what you do, how you dress, how you speak? the music you listen to, the representation of you in, 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 in broader spectrums of society, how respected is it? So we're going to be speaking to um, Mr. Ashwin Trikamji, the president of the South African Hindu Mahasabha, and also from the Commission of the Promotion and Protection of the Rights of Cultural, Religious and Linguistic Communities, the chairperson there, Professor David Luka Mosoma. So we're looking forward to that conversation. But I want to start it off. Ram Haraj, he's the president of the South African Hindu Dharma Sabha. He spoke to me earlier about the complaints that they've lodged with the South African Human Rights Commission about anti-Diwali posts. And while it is just Diwali we're talking about, it represents a microcosm of broader Indian origin um, heritage and society where um, this sort of intolerance is displayed. We have requested the Human Rights Commission to approach the Equality Court and institute proceeding in terms of Section 20 of the Promotion, Equality and Prevention of Unfair Discrimination Act Number 4 of 2000. Because the comments made on, on posts on, on the Babali night actually amount to hate speech. Uh, the, the alleged comments were totally offensive, and the language used was absolutely foul, vulgar, obscene, insulting, inflammatory, defamatory, as well as malicious and very vicious. For example, uh, one person said, uh, what are the laws for fireworks? Please enlighten me because I'm about to kill people. Uh, to whoever is blowing off fireworks, I truly pray, pray one lights up your face. Now, uh, these are not only discriminatory, and derogatory and defamatory, but they can incite imminent violence. So in terms of uh, lodging the complaint, I know you want a process to be instituted in the Equality Court. How many people or individuals have been identified to take action against? Uh, we have a total of nine at this stage, but we are still receiving further complaints from members of the Hindu community. But at this stage, we have lodged complaints against nine individuals. Sorry, the tenth one is, of course, it was a racist incident in Centurion in, in Gauteng. And they were asked to go back to India. But uh, that is also with the Human Rights Commission. So is it, so we're going to say nine or ten then? Ten. Um, and what has been the response from the Human Rights Commission? 
Uh, we are waiting registration. Uh, they have acknowledged receipt of the complaints, uh, but uh, there's a process where these uh, complaints are registered, and then uh, we are requested to give them further details regarding these individuals. What sort of uh, action do you hope is taken against these individuals? It is very important that a very strong signal is sent out uh, to individuals that racist and or religious intolerance in South Africa will not be tolerated, and there are consequences for the irresponsible actions. Now, we are going to request that uh, these people are fined, and then we also want these people to actually, you know, be asked to uh, do community service. Uh, and they need to be sent to some institution where they can understand the Hindu religion. Of the, you know, 10 identified in your complaints, have you made any contact with them to seek any legal recourse against them? No, we haven't because we are, uh, we are still awaiting, uh, you know, uh, for response from the human rights as to the direction we should take. Having said that, you know, um, it comes at a time, 160 years of um, Indians in South Africa, um, and annually these sorts of complaints lodged against various bodies about religious intolerance against uh, Indian origin communities. 160 years later, do you think the problem is getting worse? I mean, surely by now there would be a bit more of an, un- there should be a bit more of an understanding of, you know, Indian culture. Actually, this year, for the first time, we have received nine complaints. In the past, we received like four or five, sometimes just two, you know. It's, it's paradoxical, really, because, you know, we are more than 25 years into the, into a democracy. And at this stage, and with Indians being here for 160 years, Surely the, the contributions that our indentured, uh, you know, forefathers made and the, and the successive generation of Indians is, very, is visible, is very to see. We have made a sterling contribution to the advancement of South Africa in all facets of, you know, human endeavor. Uh, but I think that this, uh, this, you know, this sense of racism still runs deeply in spite of the many laws, the many acts that have been passed. And the government is doing the best, you know, they, they, they advocate unity and diversity, social cohesion. We always talk about this thing, whether it's through the radio or the newspapers. Uh, but I think some people are so blinded by the, the, the you know, the real uh, racist feelings and the, and the hatred for other racist groups that they, they don't want to let go of the past. Mm, that was... Uh, Mr. Ram Haraj, the president of the Hindu Dharma Sabha, talking about the complaints. He says unprecedented. He says normally they receive about two to four annually about, you know, um, uh, from Hindus claiming that they were attacked or uh, harassed for celebrating and observing Diwali. This year, he says it's gone up to about 10. So that's a bit of an, you know, startling little number to work with there. But let's welcome onto the program now Mr. Ashwin Trikamji. He's the president of the South African Hindu Mahasabha. Um, Mr. Trikamji, thanks for your time today. Good to speak with you as always. Yes. uh, Good day to all your listeners and good day to you. And it's good to be on your program. Mm. Mr. Trikamji, we're talking about the 160-year celebration. And so many years on, and I think the basic question that I'll put for you head on, straight on, is 160 years on, is there a sense that the Indian origin sentiment doesn't have as much respect as it should have within a South African context? What is your thoughts on that? Well, I think uh, generally, generally throughout South Africa, there is not only an acknowledgement, but an appreciation and uh, and support for the kind of contribution, the positive, constructive contribution that uh, we have made in the last 160 years. Of course, every now and then you get pockets of uh, what I call reckless behavior, yeah. racist behavior that uh, emerges from uh, incidents, you know, and 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 uh, and people just tend to blurt out. And when they do blurt out, the, it, it's more not uh, not a failure to acknowledge the contribution of the Indian, but it's the, it, it's the inward racism that manifests itself 
in whatever they blurt out. And then when they do blurt out and, and they do attack, in most instances, uh, our community, they do so with a highly emotional, racist comment. And that is unfortunate, of course, in this day and age. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, if we were to um, you know, look at the information provided there by Mr. Ram Haraj, he says unprecedented in the amount of complaints that came through um, this year. Uh, I've asked you this for so many years and I'm going to ask you again. And this is, I think, in itself the frustration with regard to the topic. Um, why is it that year in, year out, there is this cloud of smoke hanging over Diwali from, you know, other race groups? Well, like I said, it it it, it is absolutely there is no doubt in anyone's mind that it is based on sheer racism, because the kind of reaction that you get are filled with emotional racism content. And uh, why does one say so? Because there is no argument otherwise. And when one talks about argument, let's just look at the whole fireworks issue. You know, yeah. we keep talking about it in this country. Uh, first of all, it seems that the only country in the world where pets are, are, are affected by a fireworks is South Africa. I say this with a great deal of respect, and I don't say it in a cynical fashion. You know, if we if we followed cricket, all of us were watching cricket recently in the IPL games in, in the UAE, in Dubai, in Sharjah, and Abu Dhabi. Every night after each game, for 15 minutes nonstop. Fireworks were being were being utilized right, and burst. Then, if you take if you take uh, the United States of America, the famous place in the world, one of the most famous places in the world, Disney World, part of Disneyland. Every night after the day is complete, and I think it's their time, American time, between nine when it closes, when they close the doors at nine o'clock, between nine and nine thirty in Florida. Right, there, there is non-stop fireworks being burst every night for 365 days a year. Now, I can go, go on quoting examples, yeah. you know, and you find that nowhere in the world do you get this kind of of uh, reaction and, and suddenly this desire to protect pets, pets, you know. It's cruelty to pets and so on. But I, I ask the question, how come it doesn't happen anywhere else in the world but only in South Africa? And the only conclusion you can come to, you know, in South Africa is it's based on sheer racism and nothing else. There is no argument for it. Look, I I must confess that I am the owner of a, a, a dog myself. I have a doberman, and I know the kind of uh, problem that I'm faced with when fireworks are being burst, and particularly New Year's Eve when fireworks start at 8, 9, 10 in the evening and gone to 3, 4, 5, 6 in the morning. And I know the kind of uh, attention that I have to give to my pet to make sure that I calm him down. But it's all Yeah, I think that's, a, that's a very you important know. point, Mr. Yeah. Trikamji, because these yeah. drugs are also purchased during New Year's. Pet owners also have to sedate their animals during yeah. New Year's Eve, meaning yeah. the fireworks are also used then. But yeah. on the 2nd of January... Um, we don't necessarily have these kinds of cases lodged at the SA Human no, Rights nothing. Commission. Not, not a single complaint come, uh, coming from the very same people who, uh, you know, with almost intense hate, racist hate, will spew out racist comments on, and now these days, of course, social media. You know, uh, none of those people, and, and I particularly target the SPCA. You know, I see in the last few years they have become they have become sensitive to the fact that we attack them because the only time the SPCA makes comments is after Diwali. But on new, on the morning of the 2nd of January, you hear no, nothing from the SPCA. No complaints about so many dogs were traumatized and so many dogs were, went, uh, went astray and so many dogs ran away from their homes and so on. Nothing of the sort. All that only emerges one night during Diwali. I mean, that is fact. 
Yeah, and I think you, you got to look at it. Uh, yeah, yeah. B- before you go on, Mr. Trikamji, I think you know. Dare I say it's 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 uh, it's hypocritical because at the same time, um, if you talk about the cruelty of animals and the abuse of animals uh, as a result of fireworks, which is legally mandated and stipulated within a particular time frame that many people do yeah. adhere to uh, as per bylaws, um, you d- also then don't get this copious amount of um, organizations and people and individuals protesting outside butcheries and abattoirs, for example. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, you know, there are so many uh, uh, arguments that we have uh, that we have put forward over the years exposing the hypocrisy of this entire claim that, you know, animals are traumatized. I mean, it, it, you, the first question you ask is, this comes from people who are not vegetarians, who are contributing for their culinary benefits every day of their lives, thousands of innocent animals being slaughtered, you know, at Avatar. And you ask yourself, now, where's the consistency? And then you've got game hunting. People, and, and it, you know, game hunting is a, is a royal, as they call it, a royal sport, where people go out shooting animals in, 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 in uh, indigenous areas. Now, nobody says a word about this kind of behavior. Yeah, Yeah, it's colonial sport, isn't it? And that is why, you know, my argument is that I am prepared to listen to uh, to any any, any kind of discussion to say, how can we solve the problem? How can we minimize the problem? Talk to me about that across the table. I'm glad. I'm not not an, uh, an impossible human being that he's going to say, go to hell, it's my Diwali, I will do what I want to do. That's not my approach. My approach is let's do this together so that I can enjoy my fireworks. And, and you know, over the years, the South African Hindu Mahasabha has gone public and has made representations to the explosive unit of the, the, uh, the national government that, you know, these big banks, or the, or the loud bangs, as they call them, must be banned. I mean, yeah, we, we yeah. completely, yeah. nobody argues about that. Absolutely. So what we are saying is the alternative is to just enjoy a firework display. Mm. Well, it happens all over the world. On New Year's Eve, on the Sydney Bridge, they spent 200, plus 200,000 US dollars for mm. 45 minutes, you know. Uh, and the world, all of us, these very same people from South Africa who complain about me having uh, two hours of fireworks in my home, uh, uh, who make complaints, who sit yep. back on New Year's Eve while they are enjoying the, the coming of the New Year, who watch the display at the Sydney at, at, uh, on the Sydney Harbour, yep. who watch yep. the display at at Broadway in New York, and all over the world mm. in Hong Kong and everywhere. Yeah. Some. Come Diwali, oh, it's a major, major yeah, event. Yeah, Mr. I think that was Diwali. Us, you know, just uh, talking about those incidents of cases and that sort of religious holdings. Let's shift away from Diwali now because the issue is yeah. broader yeah. than Diwali. Um, yeah. And 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 you know, we've spoken to you about uh, an incident where I think residents in a flat uh, in a block of um, flats earlier this year were um, asked not to light incense sticks, for example. And many in the community said, yeah. "Well, this is an infringement on my cultural right." Um, yeah. We've been seeing posts and there's just recently uh, an infographic about uh, people lamenting about the number of times they've been asked to go back to India. From that perspective, um, you know, where do you think that sort of respect for Indian heritage is um, within South African culture? Because the thing is, it's no longer Indian culture, it's South African culture because these people have inhabited South Africa for 160 years. That's a big body of time to integrate a particular civilization into the tapestry and the framework of a nation. Yeah, you know, it's amazing how, again, the, uh, the, the hypocritical behavior of a certain section of the South African population manifests itself. You know, these are the people who'd love to sit with you and, as they call it, enjoy your curry, you know. Then, then it's fine. But the moment uh, you burn an incense stick, then it's a problem because it, it interferes with their, with, with their nostrils. And, and even then, too, 
we're living in a country country where all of us are together. We are a one South African, you know, the, using the common terminology, a rainbow nation, where we recognize each other's culture, not only just recognize and acknowledge, we enjoy and participate in each other's cultures. But you still find that this this uh, this terminology go back to India comes from a certain section of the population, and you know that is in my view twofold. One is it inherently racist. There's no, there's absolutely no doubt about that. But the second factor, which I which I consider to be also an important factor, is you know the Indian community in South Africa is seen as a tolerant community. You know that we are tolerant, that we're not aggressive, that we do not. Uh, resort to ag- uh, aggression in the form of violence and so on. So that is why they can they can take advantage of us and say things to us without the kind of repercussions that would occur if they did otherwise to somebody else. So I think that that is also an important factor. But yeah. having said that, in the last few years, our community, and I, I, I really say this, you know, with a sense of pride, our community is now standing up. Our community is saying, you know, we're not going to tolerate your nonsense anymore. Don't you dare tell me to go back to India. I am born in South Africa, just like you are. I am part of the South African soil, just like you are. And this is my country. I'm my, my parents and my grandparents may have their roots from India, but I am a South African, just like you. If I have to ask you where you came from, the majority of you don't even know which part of Europe you came from. But you call yourself South African, you know. And I don't tell you go back to Europe. So how dare you tell me that I must go back to India? Yeah, and I think that's a powerful point then yeah. for uh, for for a South African, you know, of, yeah. of a particular descent who was yeah. born here, and it's it, it, it could be seen as quite insulting. But I wanna I wanna then ask you. I mean, how does the how should I mean? You said that the Indian origin community relatively passive and peace loving and have not really um, you know um, taken this issue head on. They have changed. They are changing that slightly. They are going to courts. They are organizations formed that are constantly seeking the uh, support and advice from the Equality Court or the South African Human Rights Commission. But on a day-to-day basis, how do they, how should they be dealing with that frustration of constantly being um, othered and told, well, you're not, you, you know, you're, you're a visitor to South African soil? You know, I, I can't on, be on a public uh, platform as a responsible individual holding a public office and also on on, on on your radio station tell people that they must uh, use the veritable smack across the face if somebody says something yeah, like that. I can't advocate that at all, no. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes there are people, and then, you know, you, 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 your, your colleagues and your friends and my friends and my colleagues who simply say, you, and a lot of them say to me, you know, Mr. Trikandi, you're too nice to these people. There's only one language that they understand, you know, because they will never do it again. <laughs> but having said that, I think the education is what it's all about. There are still, and there are still many, many educational institutions where these people grow up at school, where they are still brought up with this nonsense of, of, of uh, racism and apartheid. You know, they still come up thinking that they are a superior nation and anybody whose pigmentation is not the same as them is inferior. And therefore, they think that it is, it is, it is okay for them to say, go back to India or go back to where you came from. So what, what is required, first of all, is the educational institution. And I think the more and more integration that's taking place, where our children today think nothing about who they, who, whether they are Indian, whether they are African, whether they are, are white. They just are kids together who come from a common uh, uh, ethos, and that is a South African ethos. But for us, I think we need to be firm about it. You know, my 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 appeal to all our people is that if there's the slightest kind of of uh, racist behavior, we must take it up because yeah, I, it's the only way you're going to put these people right. Because and and these things, you know, what what is most annoying is that again, you know, because we are soft soft hearted, you get somebody making a racist comment, absolutely unacceptable racist comment. Who then has the, our entire 
community and the society coming down on him or her. And all they do is they say, no, I'm sorry, you know, I said it. I shouldn't have said what I said. I now realize it's wrong. And we allow that to pass. You know, we accept yeah. the apology. Yeah, you know, it just the brings to mind, come. Mr. Yeah. Trikimji, it brings to mind yeah. um, a lot of conversations um, we've had with experts about issues like racism or gender-based violence. If and in a, in the moment, at a context, um, somebody says something racist or somebody, you know, makes a derogatory comment against a woman, the advice is to say, hey, brother, that is not correct. You should not be saying that. And I think um, that's also a constructive way then for, I think, South Africans on the ground to take on that conversation, to not just smile and laugh it off, but to actually say, wait a second, what you've said is incorrect, and I don't think you should be speaking to me in that manner. I think that's also a, a very constructive way to approach it. But Mr. Dhrikam I know you've had a dialogue recently with various stakeholders and role players to talk about religious uh, tolerance and to bring about social cohesion. How did that go and what have been some of the outcomes from that? Well, I, I think it's in essence what, what, what was being debated and, and being, uh, being argued is that, you know, social cohesion and, you know, we are talking about this, it's unfortunate that we're talking about this uh, since 1994, we've had democracy in this country. And 26 years later, we're still talking about how we should be living side by side. The important the important message that came through is that social cohesion is not some kind of an exercise or some kind of a book or a, a set of rules that you follow. It's got to be part and parcel of your life. And the only way it can become part and parcel of your life is if you inculcate the acceptance of all of us as being equal as one big South African family in your daily lives, at home, at your social get gatherings, at at your workplace, you know, when you go and indulge in either in, in, in attending a game of sport or playing sport or whatever you're doing, it must become part and parcel of your life. And it shouldn't be an issue for you to think and say, hey, you know, I must do this. It must become part and parcel of the way you live. And that is the best way that we can all contribute towards social cohesion, but not only to, towards social cohesion, it mustn't stop it, towards building a very strong South African society, filled with the ethos of being South African. That is basically what it's all about. You know, you can't make rules for social cohesion, that's not possible. Mm. Well, wonderful, Mr. Trikamji. We thank you for your time. That was Mr. Ashwin Trikamji, President of the South African Hindu Mahasabha. Uh, and look forward to, I think, you know, making that, having that sort of conversation to conscientize people. But before you go, Mr. Trikamji, here's an interesting point for us to possibly end with. Um, this was a text that we got from, um, just trying to locate it here on my system before we uh, go to others. Uh, yeah, Maggie says, I followed the different radio stations from Lotus FM to various others, even SAFM. And I must say, it's only Lotus and Newsbreak that I hear our grievances toward the fireworks issue or the fact that we need to return to India. Why doesn't our leaders take other um, take to other stations or media platforms to make the voices heard, especially the point made about um you know, no mention about New Year's and about animal abuse. I think that's a powerful point, Mr. Trikimji. I mean, we're kind of preaching to the converted here, aren't we? Yes, I, I, you are. But I must say that uh, this particular year, and I think last year as well, I know I was interviewed by almost all the major stations in South Africa. Uh, Radio 702 comes to mind, SAFM comes to mind, Cape Talk, Cape FM. Uh, I think there was one other station, I can't remember the name of the station, but I think it was in Shlobo Venene, I'm not mistaken, where this issue uh, was did, did come up. So I think that there is a change. I, I totally agree with, uh, with uh, Maggie's comments, and uh, I, I can just assure that we are changing that particular mindset as well. Yeah, wonderful. Mr. Trikamji, thanks for your time, and we'll talk to you soon. Yes, thank you, and, and good afternoon to your listeners. So that was Mr. Ashwin Trikamji, the president of the South African Hindu Mahasabha, talking about um, you know, the very issue of um, intolerance and how to go about approaching it and changing that mindset of having to um, you know, enable that conversation to, um, to be stopped in its tracks. When we come back, we speak...
speak to the CRL Commission, Professor David Luca Mosoma, who's going to talk to us about this in a broader context. Is it safe to assume that you won't be buying a 2021 planner? Just keep it real with SABC3 at our 7.30 time slot. Find out what the tribe has to say on Survivor every Monday. Watch Hearts Connect with Miles Apart, Miles Together on Wednesdays. And connect with your inner poet on Songland Season 2 on Saturdays. Life as we know it has maybe changed, but you can always expect us to bring you the best with our reality shows at 7.30. Escape the norm with SBC3. The stage is yours. Vlog tip number three. Make sure you're the only one in the room before you record. Maybe leave it to the pros and get your dose of espresso to get you moving. Weekdays, 6 a.m. Lifestyle tips plus inspirational stories on Afternoon Express. Weekdays at 5 p.m. And stay on top of what's happening with Trending SA. Weekdays at 6 p.m. And The Insider every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. If a little bit of tea is what you need, escape the norm with SABC3. The stage is yours. It's News Break Talk with me, Taresh, and we are talking about religious intolerance within the context of 160 years of Indian uh, Indian South Africa, and uh, sorry, not just religious intolerance, but I think cultural intoler- intolerance, because um, the representation of Indian origin people within the broader framework of South Africa, where is that? We've seen posts and, and many complaining to us about the, con- the fact that they're constantly told, um, go back go back home, go back to India. But the point we're, we're asking here is that um, India is not the home of the Indian origin, South African, is it? So why then are Indians constantly, um, you know, given that kind of response about everything? Here's a voice note. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Suresh, Mr. Thikramji, and the news team. In regards to loud firework loud bangs yes i do agree it does hurt the animals it does hurt the elderly the sick but my question especially to people that got this entire hoo-ha issues when it comes to diwali what about the loud thundering who are they now going to blame god Food for thought. Loves Rita Basesa, Richard Spay. Bye bye. Rita, thanks for that. Appreciate your comment this afternoon on the program. Some text messages before we speak to Professor Mosoma, who's joining us. Um, Ramba Mudli says, thank you for this interesting story. Every time uh, when there's a Diwali function, racism uses its, raises its ugly head. I hope uh, this kind of behavior stops. I was born in South Africa and I'm proud of my religion. Uh, Prem Shur says, from Shepi says, uh, why don't you guys name these racists? Uh, that would be wonderful. And um, to be honest, I've tried to even reach out to some of them to find out, listen, why would you put a post like that? And no response, right? So I really wanted to bring that dynamic onto the program. And obviously, I think um, with the sort of tension about the issue, they've decided they don't want to speak. But uh, to name them, uh, that's a judicial legal issue. Um, they're you know, not yet appeared in court and therefore we can't name them. So that's, that's how I approach it journalistically. Anirudh from Newcastle says, how many animals are being slaughtered for a bride? Um, and Mr. Thrikamji should ban the loud bangs during Diwali. This is not entertainment. Uh, yeah, I think Mr. Thrikamji even spoke about that. But yeah, they still creep up. Anirudh, I don't know how to regulate that because I think if that wasn't there, then you know maybe the sort of conversation about it would um, simmer down. But because even uh, a lot of people who do themselves observe Diwali with fireworks, they themselves say, well, we don't like the big bangs. But how does it still creep up into the sector? Uh, Kalashakti says, I feel um, before the Indians are criticised about fireworks, why does the SPCA allow horses to be whipped and nothing is said? Naresh from PMB says, why um, can we not ban the big bangs? Um, Yeah, and also that in the time of uh, Ram and Sita, there were no fireworks. Shanti Pillay from Eskom says, I'm proud to be South African Indian and I do, have a, um, I do have religious and racial tolerance. Although I don't celebrate Diwali, but I do respect the Diwali celebration. Uh, and I'm prepared uh, on this day to sedate my animals. But what upsets me the most is when those big bangs continue for the next two days. 
yeah, that's all, that's always an issue. Rani from Stangamana says, thanks for the program, it's always informative. Mala says, we humbly express our gratitude to our forefathers for the sacrifices that they have made. They found the ways and means to establish schools, temples, businesses through all the hardships they experienced during the apartheid era. In spite of all that, they still kept the Indian legacy alive. The Indian languages and culture lives on and our forefathers have contributed largely to South Africa. So yeah, definitely a noble way um, to talk about it. And I think at that point then, I'd love to now bring onto the, onto the platform um, the chairperson of the Commission for the Promotion Protection of the Rights of Cultural, Religious and Linguistic Communities, Professor David Luca Mosoma. Professor, always wonderful to talk to you. Thank you for your time. And thank you so much and uh, to you and your listeners. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, we, uh, the, the conversation has settled, uh, centered around Diwali and fireworks. I want to shift it completely, Professor. I don't even want to talk about that because I think we've done that with Mr. Thikamji and we've canvassed those views. My thing is, um, and a lot of Indian origin people, 160 years on, uh, still say that they are teased, mocked, ridiculed, and often said, go back to India, go back to the ship, go back to where you came from. Um, and culturally speaking, what are your thoughts about a sentiment like that to South Africans who were born in South Africa? They may have a lineage to another particular part of the world, but they were born in South Africa. They've served South Africa. Their forefathers have served South Africa. And yet, 160 years on, they still get told, go back to India. I think it's unacceptable, really, for anyone even to begin to raise the issue of going back to India. As you have rightly indicated, we are South Africans. Uh, and, uh, and I think that is what must be accepted. Uh, when it comes to religious practices, I think it is important that uh, religious leaders across the board understand that we share a common country, we share a common uh, um, spaces, religious spaces in which we are. And what is important going forward is um, the ability to accommodate in race and law. Because if we do that, we accept that we have a different way in which we experience God and experience the ultimate reality of our lives. And hence, when the different religious practices, religious way of, of, obse- of observing um, uh, uh, um, their deity is accepted in the manner they do, that will then help us to have what is called social cohesion, yeah, which yeah. will then help us in building a new South Africa. Because that's the only way uh, um, we have a multiplicity of religion in South Africa, which I think is a, a richness, it's a wealth. It's something we need to promote as much as we can. Uh, I remember that I came to Durban um, last year. There was an issue about the valley. Yeah. Um, we had a, a very constructive conversation. We brought in government in there. To say, you know, you can't wish the valley away. There's no way. Because it's part and parcel of how um, the, the, um, the, the, the valley worshippers experience God and understand their deity. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I participated uh, much, much to my joy and happiness. From Friday, and I left on Sunday, initially I had wanted to leave on Friday. But I stayed on to experience what they are doing. And I, I remember that time, yes, you did say you enjoyed yes. it so much. I found fascinating experience. And there's a linkage of some of the things I saw with other religious practices in the country. So, so I, the issue which I, I, I saw there is the intolerance, which I think is something that we need to deal with. And I am already anticipating a possibility of a conference, unfortunately, covered this upon us, 
when we bring religious leaders and say, how best to make sure that we navigate together yeah, yeah. as different communities yeah. experiencing our different dietary and, and, and practices. Yeah, we'll come to that just now, Professor, but I want to talk to you about, you know, flipping the coin almost and looking at it within the reality of the situation. Indian Norwegian community, small population group, they are a minority in the country with a uniquely different ethos and heritage that does come from India. And yet, they do say this is part of South Africa. Please, can you incorporate it into the broader African narrative, right? So my question to you is, how do you do that? Because this is a minority group. It is a small pocket of society who still want their due, who still want to feel like they're part of the broader African whole. How do you get it right to incorporate something like uh, Indian heritage on national platforms, on African platforms? How do you get that right? Um, part of it um, is what we've already begun. It's education. Um, ensuring that we lift up different religious practices of different origins to enrich the religious space. And as I indicated, we have what I call different cohesion, religious cohesion, cultural cohesion, linguistic cohesion. And these are the tapestries that need to be reinforced in order to ensure that the different heritages become the common heritage of South Africa. And I, I found that, that, that very fascinating. So um, education is number one, so that they can experience knowledge of different practices. And these practices have a place and have a space in South Africa, and they cannot be wished away. And I think also the important aspect to bring into the conversation would be, this, would be the socio-politics of it. If you look at it within South Africa, and I think by now we're, we're fully aware it is... Uh, a multiplicity of of races. So within that within that white context, you know that history and that heritage is of oppression, of colonial oppression, which is you know how the Indians did come to South Africa. And then if you look at it from a um, from a on the ground uh, you know black Indian narrative, then of course that becomes an issue of socio um, resources of both being treated unfairly and both having to survive. So that in itself is a different dynamic of socio-economics. How important must South Africa's checkered past um, be used when trying to create this level of understanding between all the races? You see, the issues of the economy, I think maybe it's one of the deadly, the deadly issues. Because then uh, some believe uh, that um, religion contributes to the marginalization of communities instead of bringing communities to the center stage, politically and otherwise. So I think, as I indicated, until um, we have a very effective form of education, which brings um, at the center of a sense of belonging and our contribution to the narrative of South Africa, broadly speaking, will not be able to achieve um, the, the, the intolerance that is uh, seemingly um, uh, happening in South Africa. So the role of the Commission in its entirety is precisely to do that. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 have, we have now formed um, what is called a religion, um, council, um, community council. And I'm hoping that we need to find out how many community councils we have among uh, Indian communities. Because it is these that would help in the promotion of the spirit of tolerance, the spirit of friendship, the spirit of peace, the spirit of unity and working together. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful way and a wonderful space to leave it then. Well, thank you so much for your time, Professor David Lukamosoma. I look forward for you to coming back to celebrate Diwali with us. Maybe then you can come to the studio and we can talk longer. But uh, yeah, you. looking forward to giving you some sweetmeats for Diwali. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
Appreciate your time. So there you go. That's what the kind of work that the CRL Commission is doing to try and um, create that cohesion. They say education is needed about, you know, the current frameworks, understanding a bit more of each other's cultures, and also then looking at the historical perspective, which should not uh, taint and tarnish the way we relate with each other to create that respect that um, Indian origins of Africans are asking for 160 years uh, into uh, their civilization in South Africa. When we come back, we go to your final WhatsApp messages. Family means being there for the ones you love. Giving them your time, your love, and of course, food. At SPA, we make that easier. We have all the services you need to pay bills or send and receive money. But more than that, we have all your essentials and products you really love at great prices every day. So you don't have to spend time running from one place to the next. You can get it all done for less at SPA. SPA, we're here for you so you can be there for your family. Hey, Bongani, did you hear the sheriff evicted Sipo from his house? I did, but you must understand that the sheriff won't just evict a person. There's a legal process that's followed. Oh, what is it? The lender will give a final warning. If you don't respond, their lawyers will get the sheriff to deliver a notice for you to appear in court and explain why you shouldn't be evicted. If the court rules against you, you will have to leave the property by a specific date. If you don't, then the court will order the sheriff to evict you. Brought to you by the South African Board for Sheriffs. Okay, going to WhatsApp now to end the program. We've got Roshni from Peter Maritzburg. Hello, Roshni. Hi, Judith Hirsch. Once again, I must thank you very, very much from the bottom of my heart for giving us such an excellent knowledge of what's happening in South Africa and for speaking with Mr. Ramaraj and Mr. Trikamji. So much of knowledge. And uh, you handled the pro- the, your program very, very well, excellently. I said, Lotus FM is very, very glad, to, uh, very, very um, indeed uh, grateful to you, I'm sure, and we as listeners as well. Roshni, always wonderful to listen to you. Thank you so much for that. Have a lovely day as well. Uh, yourself, Salim Adam here. Hello. This is Salim Adam, the Christian of religious intolerance and cultural intolerance is a very serious and a major matter which we need to address. How much longer are we going to accept our religious and cultural practice being trampled upon? When Diwali is celebrated, we've been told to go to India. When Azan has been given, it becomes a problem to some. We also find that when we wear our, our, our scarves, that become unacceptable. When we want to wear tali dot and our Indian clothing, we are looked at in, a, in, in we are looked at in a way that they're trying to insult us. I think our religious organization, our cultural group, must get together and take these matters to court, where a court decision is made, so that this unacceptable intolerance can no longer be practiced. Salim, please forgive me. At a point I've zoned out, I wasn't even listening to you because the azan was so beautiful in the back there. That had more of my attention. But yes, I get your point. Uh, absolutely. Thank you, Salim, for that contribution. Ramba from Woodview says, uh, good topic. Um, I let my dogs inside the house and I sit with them. Dinaidu says, thanks to Lotus for the talk show. These racists are hypocrites. Animals are slaughtered daily. Uh, what about the game hunters and the dog fights? Uh, Shams Pele says, uh, I do not celebrate, but I respect the religion and culture. Those posts are derogatory. Magotin Chetty says, uh, will we ever win this war against racism? If we Indians stick together as one nation, instead of fighting amongst each other, we can be strong together. Unity is strength and have a blessed day. Christine says, I'm Tamil. I celebrate Diwali, but in our area, the fireworks never stops. We have four dogs, can't afford to give them meds all the time. My one dog actually gets epileptic. People don't think of our pets. They can't, han- they can't handle this. I call me and they ask what must they do because this happens even after midnight so yeah enforcement is definitely needed um at, yeah this is also happening early morning on a sunday morning okay anonymous says namaste i just want to say that racism against indians even raises its ugly uh, face in south african chat rooms some individuals go to town ridiculing us it's very sad uh, so those are your messages. We'll have to leave it there now. Thank you very much for the program. Um, Kimi Awake, courtesy of the team, executive producer Salma Patel and Rachel Vadi will talk to you soon. From me, Tadesh, hey, have an awesome day. News break. Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.